Hello and welcome to episode 348 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find on Twitter at League Freak. Hey, and I got the free games, mate. You're just going to have to give me a second. No got worries, no pyramids, hey. But Ooh. you only get a certain amount of free games. Hang on. What are we getting here? Uh, no, nothing there. Two on. Oh. 200, come on. We got a minor. 120. 500, nice. I should have been playing more credits, eh? Hey? <laughs> I want a fixed, fixed income, though. It only comes in, you know, when when the government gives me the money. You should have, you should have played like this, like you do with the Ponzi coin. I should, hey. Yeah. This, this pays better than the Ponzi coin, though, eh? Hey? Well, uh... Now I can sit here and they bring me free coffee. That's always a good thing. What else do you need? Only, only thing is I don't go in the smoking area because that shit's bad for you. Yeah. Anyway, um, I should jump off this pokey, hey? Only when the feature's finished. I'll, I'll jump off it. Hang on, I'll jump off it. Let me walk away from it. All right. Don't forget to put your reserve sign on there. I always do. <laughs> Kid. What I like to do is find a napping senior citizen and, and just lean them up against the machine. <laughs> Problem is that. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure up. the dribble doesn't go down into the buttons. It could short it out and you lose your pay. 100%. All, all, uh, what does it say in the machines? All, um, it's like if the machine fucks up, it's void. Yeah, all pays void. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll get someone to come along and, and fuck around with a cable when you and you get the jackpot and go, oh, it broke. Exactly. How much have you ever won on a pokey? Me? Yeah. Uh, I've not played many pokies. I'd say probably, I think my best win was, and you're going to be surprised, but probably about two grand. I don't know that I've ever won two grand. I know I've won, I know I've won about one. Uh, there is there is a bit of a quantifying rule there. A mate and I used to go in there and we'd, we'd um, put... 100 bucks in there each. Mm-hmm. And then just bat, bet high. Yeah, that's what I do, yeah. And just smash it, and then he'd just do the, the double up every time he had a win. Yeah. And one time he got, he went all five in a row and got them all right on the, after he had the feature. I was like, you're fucking nuts. I went two grand, went, cash out. <laughs> <laughs> Never played one since. Yeah, I just find them a little bit boring. And, like, I will smash money into them. Like, I'll take 50, smash it in, like, a minute, and that's me done. Yeah. Um, if, you've it, got, like, if you've got 50 bucks to throw in there, then genuinely throw it away. Bet yeah. Bet or go home. Yeah. Don't 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 piss fart around with bloody $1 bets and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. It's, um... If you're, but, going, if you're going to the buffet, don't have a cup of soup. <laughs> yeah, don't get, don't get ladles of soup. No, just go straight for the roast beef and eat the whole fucking thing. It's it, it goes in this order. Roast beef and soft serve. That's exactly. it. That's exactly. That's all you're allowed right. to eat. Yep. All the rest is just that's that's for the losers. Exactly. And we're winners, Andrew. We are winners. So obviously I've done my bit to pay for the Panthers fine, twenty five thousand dollar fine, because their trainer did what Every other trainer 
in rugby league in 2021 has done. Um, a little bit of a storm in the teacup, this, I reckon. 2018, 2017. Yeah. 16. <laughs> you know what's funny is that the NRL comes out and they say, oh, it's all the Panthers' fault. But the NRL put in place these stupid rules, absolutely ridiculous rules, where we're stopping the game now when somebody rolls an ankle. And earlier in the match, the game was stopped with Wonga Blake when he wasn't even on the field. He was over the sideline walking back to the bench, and they stopped the game for that. And so the NRL has said it's the Panthers' problem when they put in these stupid rules, and the on-field official was overwhelmed by the situation and stopped play. So this is the thing you don't realise, though. Mm. That that Panthers' trainer actually works for all 16 NRL clubs. And you poor bastards just were unlucky because he was working for you this week. Imagine that. Yeah, he's busy. He's a busy man. Yeah, especially when there's a, like those triple headers on in three different states. Those are quick I, flights you've got to take. I just think it was interesting that it turned a lot of people's attention away from how terribly that game was refereed and the terrible decisions that went against the Parramatta Eels from the referee and the bunker. And it kind of all made this one Panthers trainer the bad guy. And I don't know. I just found it very strange. And people take it hook, line, and sinker. That's the weird thing for me as well. Yes. Did um, did uh, Mr. Rolex, Graham Annesley, have anything to say about it in his oh, yeah. Monday yeah. briefing? Yeah. He used, uh, yeah. Hey, hey, it's Annesley. He <laughs> did a whole thing about it, a whole segment. Wow. The variety show was in full swing. Yeah, he goes right through to the end of the the uh, rating season, I guess. <laughs> well, he would, he would. I wonder if at the after the grand final in his review there, he'll have dancing girls and stuff like that on there. Maybe a talent show. All all I know is that Graham Annesley will never put his hand up and say that one's on me. No, God, no, that's not what he's there for. Yeah, I put this question out on Twitter uh, during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Graham Annesley is a plant by the media so that they've got something to write about? Because that's all he does. He gives them stories to write about. He I can't be that. by the NRL. Yeah, I saw that tweet. I thought it was brilliant because you and me have talked about, like, it's terrible what he does. Absolutely terrible. In terms of having his Hey, Hey, It's Annesley show every Monday that he streams. By the way, they've sacked everyone else at NRL Digital but Graham Annesley's little show keeps going along. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's it's really bad what he does for the game, even when you take out of it all of the rule changes that he has helped implement that have been catastrophic to the welfare of the competition. Um, he needs to go. He needs to go yesterday. He's so bad for the game. He's horrible for the mm-hmm. game. Um, yeah, I suppose in, in the bigger news... Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is not going to be around. The West Tigers have decided not to sack Michael Maguire as coach. Yeah, he's got their full support, which is great. Um, anytime you can undermine a coach that's under contract for you for the next couple of years, you've got to do it. Absolutely. And it's it's good that they look like they might have been going to sack him then delayed making a decision for 24 hours and then said they weren't ever really going to sack him. Yeah. 
Um, it's the, the backflips have been impressive. Yeah, really impressive. Nadia um, Comaneci would love these backflips. Yeah, she'd be looking at them saying, "Is there any chance we can make the scores out of 15 mm-hmm. and they can get a 15 for this?" Um, yeah, the interesting thing is Chairman Lee. He's been busy. <laughs> yeah, he's been busy. Um, he had a Q and A today with uh, Michael Chamis at the Sydney Morning Herald, mm-hmm. and he mentioned on there that uh, the the media drama that went on and the leak about the West Tigers meeting that was supposed to go ahead but then didn't was uh, a debacle. Mm-hmm. And he said he had a word with the the board members about the amount of leaks coming out of the board. But and, they maybe, and the, the, he he mentioned that he was concerned about the amount of leaks getting to the media mm-hmm. from board meetings. He mentioned this when speaking to the media <laughs> about everything that is happening on the board. Yes, he also mm-hmm. spoke to the media about um, players might be getting their contracts torn off if they don't get vaccinated and some other stuff. And going, he's just he's just. Feeding the media machine at the moment. They just yeah. go, oh, we're a bit running a lot of stories. Call up Chairman Lee. He'll give us something to talk about. And he's like, he's just all fucking mouth. <laughs> and then there was all of the concerns about all of the leaks to the media. And I saw you tweet about it today. And I tweeted back, you know, it's difficult to, I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but the general idea was, you know, you're going to get leaks to the media when you invite a broadcaster to every single match of the entire season and the backroom, you know, organization and the coaching and talking to the, like, of course, the media is going to get some information out of that. What did they expect? And we talked about this when this was all announced that the last team that needed a documentary done about the way they were run was the West Tigers. They kind of has turned out just as bad as we expected. Yeah. And the reason why is not because of the on-field stuff. Everyone's aware of what they like on the field. Mm-hmm. It's more about you finally get to see the way the idiots who run the club, how bad they are. Yeah. Like all we saw of Justin Pascoe was him go giving a whole heap of free gear to a billionaire. <laughs> Oh, whoopee! Yeah, when when the sponsor won the raffle, that was just brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. On the same day, the Melbourne Storm have announced that they're going to give free memberships next year to every single one of the Victorian members. We've got the West Tigers CEO giving free fucking merchandise to a billionaire. Hang on, what's that's, this? That's, that's the this. only person. The only person getting getting free merch is a billionaire. What, well done, West Tigers. I don't people's... know what's going on. Hmm? What do you mean? He's giving free merch to a billionaire. It was in the documentary, didn't you see it? When he met up with uh, Harry Triggerboff. No, I missed that one. Oh, he went up there and he gave fucking Harry, you know, free signed jumper or something like that, and another jacket and another jumper and some hats and some shit. And I don't know why you'd give a billionaire all that free gear. Sure, he's been a sponsor and he's on the board stuff, but, you know, he's a billionaire. He can just buy it. Yeah, if, uh, like I would guess he wouldn't even have to go close to 
the actual purchase, I would feel like he could say to somebody, I want the West Tigers jersey from this year signed, and he should have it within 24 hours, surely. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's even if it was $200? Mm. You know, he probably spends that on breakfast. Probably. Imagine having a $200 breakfast. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that's a bit of Grange. There's <laughs> some fruit loops with some Grange in it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what you would have to buy for breakfast <laughs> for it to be 200 bucks, like like shaved rhino horn or something. <laughs> These are pretty nasty. But, um, yeah, there, there was a Q&A that Michael Chamis had with uh, Chairman Lee. So I, I figured I might just go through some of the talking points that was in there. Okay. So Chamis asked, what transpired in the last 24 hours? Because it appeared Maguire was a dead man walking. Was there a meeting or not? Chairman Lee said, there was a football committee meeting at 2.30 on Monday. Maguire addressed the football committee for the purpose of responding to concerns that had been raised by an internal review document. There's a 4 p.m. board meeting scheduled to take place if required following the football committee. After Michael's comments, it was decided the board meeting did not need to proceed, and therefore I cancelled it. Well, I wonder what um, what Maguire said. Um, have you found someone better than me? I want would every... Would just be fucking crickets. I want every last dollar you owe me. Yeah. Um... Chamis then asked, the club's performances haven't improved in the last three years. What makes you think things will change next year? Chairman Lee says, I think there have been changes over the last three years which aren't reflective of the results on the paddock. There's no doubt we haven't improved on the extent that we wanted. Uh, it's not the direction we wanted to go, but I think we've put around Michael resources and opportunities for him to really excel next year and progress. We've got a very young and talented roster. I think it's the youngest in the league. It's I don't not. think it is. No, it's not. Fuck it, I will check. How could he not know that? I'm I'm going to check. I can check this very quickly on my website. Okay. I'm certain that Penrith is younger. Yeah, I'm, I, I think it goes Penrith. Last I checked, it's Penrith Broncos. Penrith, 24.41 is the average age. Tigers, 24.98. They're half a year older. Okay, there you go. So, wrong Chairman Lee. Do some research. Um... It gets better. You think that's wrong. Okay. There's a real smell about 2005. What? <laughs> no. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. Let's take him for face value here. All right. So who's their Robbie Farah? Uh, well, I guess they're, they're suggesting that that would be uh, Jacob Little. Okay, he is. At 24, Farrell was miles ahead of Little. Okay, but it's just the smell of it, you know. Yeah. By the way, that's a really nice way to, to describe anything. Yeah, the um, smell of it. Yeah, it just smells the same. Um, Then who would be their Benji Marshall? Well, that's... Adam Dewey. Okay. Who would be there? Brett Hodgson. That's Dane Laurie. Dane Laurie. Okay. Who would be there? I'm waiting <laughs> for it. I know it's coming. I'm, I'm trying to go through that team. 
I'm waiting for you to say who will be there, Pat Richards. Yeah. <laughs> who would be there, Pat Richards? Oh, I suppose that's Nofaluma. He was. Oh, that, that's a sad comparison. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty sad comparison. Um, man, I, I don't know what he is seeing, but as we said in the last episode, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, and I mean, he wasn't at the club in 2005, so he doesn't know what it smelt like then. But you would think that the chairman of a NRL club would have some sort of grasp about rugby league, wouldn't you? You'd think so. You'd yeah. like to think so. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like when I talk about the current Penrith Panthers side, I don't like comparing them to the 2003 or 2001 side because they haven't won the grand final. As yeah. all of the records that they've broken and their brilliant defensive record and they're so young and everything, you've got to win the grand final before you actually can compare teams. And, you know, if they hadn't even made the final series, I definitely wouldn't compare them. No. Which is what he's doing to the West Tigers. He is, yes. And that's the thing is that the West Tigers in 2005 had built upon an improved 2004. Mm-hmm. This team's not improving. And it's not because of Maguire. They're not improving because it's been a bit hamstrung, um, you know, due to a few dud players and a huge coin and taking up a chunk of the salary cap for the last few years. Thankfully, they've been weeding them out. Next year, we should be almost free of that. I still have part of Moses and Bice salary being paid out, but it's not going to be a huge amount of money. You know, we're talking yeah. maybe, even if it's half a million, who cares? You know, compared to this year where we're paying out 1.5, 1.7 million or something like that to these people sitting in the bench or in Reggie's or whatever. Yeah. You can work around that. Um, so you should be in a better position. Problem is that money was all freed up after all of the star players were. So, I don't know. For me, if I was the club, I'd just say, you know, let's not spend all the money in this off-season. Let's just sit on it and flash it around next year. They they have to spend a minimum amount of their salary cap, though. There is a, there is a floor, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I, don't, that, I don't think they're too far from it, though. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they weren't close anyway. Yeah, so they need to just make sure they, they cover the, the floor. That's it. And then whatever they've got left over, that's just that's your starting point of your, as they like to say, war chest for next year. <laughs> I, there's a, another thing that you can do as a club, and I don't know if it's a loophole that's been closed by the NRL. Probably but, not. But, oh, yeah, I would guess not. But say you are looking to target a star player to sign for the 2023 season onwards you can actually pay them a chunk of your 2022 salary cap. And that goes to their overall um, amount of money they'll get from the club. So say, and I'm just tossing it up here, say Dylan Edwards is available, right? <laughs> the the West Tigers could say, we'll give you a million dollars, Dylan, but we're going to give you $100,000 of it in 2022 before you even get here. And Dylan Edwards would bite their arm off, probably around the shoulder area. And, yeah, 
So you can do that, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they've changed that loophole. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. That gives the Tigers any ideas. They don't, don't need Dylan Edwards. But <laughs> did you put Dylan Edwards in that side? No. Alongside Adam Elliott? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, Andrew. It's, yeah. it's ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. With him? No, listen to me, right? Okay. Dylan Edwards, not at fullback. I'd be playing him in position. Probably in centre, because you need more centres. You get him, you get Adam Elliott in the back row, and have him running off of Brooks and Ash Taylor. Telling you, mate. I think you need to hit that reserve sword on your fucking pokey again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, said, you've been very critical of the team's performances under Maguire. Have you changed your opinion of him? He said, no, I'm very critical of losing. It's not something I'm used to. It's a very political answer, that. What's he talking about? That's all they do. Yeah. He says, I don't have the level or of experience or expertise to criticise him as a coach, but you were about to fucking sack him. Yeah. You can't criticise him, but you can sack him. Far out. There's so much mixed messaging there, hey? Oh, yeah. He says, as a coach, I've... As a person and as a coach, I've never been critical of Michael, except for the fact you wanted to get rid of him. And they did the whole review of him. And about sacking, yeah. He will head into next year under enormous pressure. How do you expect him to perform in an environment where an axe hangs over his head every week? Ask him. The pressure will be external. It won't be internal. It won't be pressure we'll be putting on Michael or the playing group. We will provide them all the support and resources they need to succeed, and we expect them to succeed. The pressure yep. will be from journalists. Oh, please. We you expect know, Michael to do his best. You know what you're definitely hearing here is a shifting of blame for the results. Yeah. So what you're hearing is him saying, we're giving them everything they need to succeed. And it's up to Michael to succeed. That's, That's right. a very clear message that he's putting out here. And the problem is you go back through all of the coaches that they've had in recent years and all those coaches are gone, you know, and Michael Maguire is the last one that's there at the moment. It's not the coaches that are the problem. It's the board. It's the CEO. It's the management of the club overall. But he is setting up that line really clearly that we're doing everything we can to give them success. We only know success. And football results, That who cares about football results in football? As a club, we're super successful when you forget about the results. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's up to Michael Maguire. And there's not going to be any. We're not going to worry about pressuring him. That's going to be the media. Because it's not us pressuring him. It's a really, really bad line of thinking. And a really bad message. Yeah. They're not really throwing him under the bus. Mm. What they're doing is they're just putting him on the road in an area where it says bus lane. But the buses just aren't operating yet. (laughs) They'll be coming. You know, (laughs) it reminds me of that uh, National Lampoon's vacation movie where he he changed the dog to the back of the car and then they go driving across the desert. 
He gets out and there's just a leash on the back of the car. <laughs> so it reminds me of. Um, Jamison asks, what does this mean then for the future of Luke Brooks? Because it's said he hasn't enjoyed his time under Maguire. And Jamie says, that's not the feedback we're getting at board level. The response we're getting is Luke is absolutely committed and loves this club. He's, local, he's a local junior, played all of his pro career with the Tigers. We would like to see him finish his career with the West Tigers, despite reports to the contrary in the press. Yeah, that's how you build a team. Yeah, just guarantee lifetime contracts. Yeah, just just say to your playmaker, um, don't need to worry about your performance. We've got your back. You're here for life. Mm. Sign your own check. It's all yours, buddy. Um, Luke Brooks is staying with the West Tigers and will be a halfback in 2022 and beyond. Well, that's it's rough. I always think it's a real red flag when somebody that runs a football club starts saying, the results aren't the main thing. No one's here for results on the field. There's so much more to football than, than score lines and making final series ever. Yeah, I, I heard that line out of Penrith many, many years. Was that, was that in the Elliot period? Yep, yep, yep. it was. Um, Chamis then asked, what about the criticism of yourself, Justin Pascoe, and the board? And Chairman Lee said, some of it is legitimate, some of it's not. Um, and he goes on about the length of the process and how long it took. Just a little wank there. Yeah. Um, the process itself, has a, however, I thought was very fair and equitable. I thought it was an opportunity for all key personnel to address the board in a very comfortable and confidential environment. Um, he's talking, yeah, and he spoke about the leaks being a debacle. Uh, Chamisen said, there's a lot of pressure on Pasco to be removed as CEO. He's overseen the failures of the last six years. Is that fair or unwarranted? Chairman Lee, I think it's fair that we're all subject to criticism. Just again, political answer. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think there is an attempt to align Justin's role with what happens on the field, and I think that is inherently unfair. If someone can convince me that Justin's termination as the CEO would reflect in better on-field performance, and I'd be happy to recommend that. Or if I felt that my resignation as chair of the organisation would result in better on-field performance, then I would resign. But I don't see the necessary alignment between what we do in terms of admin and management where we rely on the expertise of others, and they've got to be responsible or accountable for what they do. And then he's... <laughs> That's not an attempt to shirk responsibility and say we can't be held accountable for what happened on the paddock. If there are changes to be made at board level or executive level, I'm happy to entertain them once someone can convince me that those changes will result in a better on-field performance. Here's the, th- <laughs> here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing. This is where this club is at, where yeah. no one's responsible for the losses... And nobody's responsible for improving and getting wins. That's exactly where the West Tigers are. That's exactly right. And it's just... And again, says it himself. That is all all that there, all that talk there was all ass covering. Yep, yep. It's like, we're not responsible for the losses, really. And we can be criticised, but we're trying to win. We just don't win. And that's okay, because we're trying to. I can't see how I'm responsible for anything that we're responsible for. Yeah. If you're not in charge of what happens on the field as CEO and as a board, 
if if what you're doing is not designed to have any input, any impact whatsoever on the field, then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, what do they think they're running here? Like it's a football club that doesn't play very good football. What what is the extras that they're doing so well? Because I don't see it. You know, they they keep going on about being well off. They're not. They're bad at football. Their reputation's in the toilet. I, I just don't know what they do well that they think they do well. Yeah, there's a uh, a great finishing quote here. Mm-hmm. It's rather specific. Okay. Chama says, how do you expect next year to pan out? Because every week there's going to be speculation about Maguire's future. Has he been given assurances that he will see out next year? And Chairman Lee says, Michael hasn't been given that assurance, but I'm happy to do so. He has two years left on his contract. He's expected to fulfill that. Here's a bit. There is no suggestion whatsoever that there will be a review or consideration at a six or the eight round mark of season 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. That's so bad. Oh, that's like, that's like he's taking the piss. He's just, he's just told the media he's got six to eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh, that's the worst. He's the worst. Fucking Chairman Lee. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this week. <laughs> It's all West Tigers. Water wall West Tigers. You wouldn't know there was finals football being played. You'd think it was the off-season there's so much West Tigers talk. Yeah, who cares about um, finals? You know what? You hear more about the West Tigers during the finals when they don't make the finals <laughs> than you do during the season. At any time during the season. So yeah. There's another article there where um, Michael Maguire breaks his silence after the oh, Tigers he's... spared him. There's an article there. I've not read that. Nah, um, what's he going to say, really? Like, he's, he's working with these idiots. What's he supposed to say? He, he, um, he just looked at, at all of this and he's like, listen, I'm going to get to round six to eight next year. I'll get a few extra $100,000 out of that and then I'll go to another club. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, there's not much else on there. Uh, what else was there? Oh, yeah, Chairman Lee stuff about vaccine refusals. That was today as well. He's been busy. For a man yeah. who's worried about uh, leaks to the media, he spends an awful lot of time talking to the media. Talking to the media directly. Um, it The one about players getting vaccinated, and it's funny because I was I thought we could have done a whole podcast about this. Um, how do you feel about players being forced to be vaccinated if they want to take part in next year's competition? Because the NBL has put that rule in place, and we've seen a couple of players decide to mutually part ways with their clubs in the NBL because they didn't want to get vaccinated, which is totally up to them. Um, How do you think the NRL is going to approach it? Because there are players in the NRL that, and because the NRL is a reflection of society, that either don't want to get vaccinated against COVID-19 or are unsure about it. Um, I I think personally it's something that shouldn't be mandated by the competition 
and I think that it would cause a lot of problems. I think it's a personal decision, a personal health health decision, and it's something that my understanding is you can be vaccinated, completely vaccinated, and you can still catch COVID and you don't get as sick with it, but you can still pass it on as well. So my understanding is your decision to get vaccinated is more about how unwell you would get if you caught COVID rather than your ability to spread COVID. That's pretty much it. It's about trying to keep people from going into ICU or, Mm -hmm. you know, passing away, obviously. They're the two major things. Um, Interesting thing, too, which I found out recently... um, People in England are now getting their third COVID shot. Yeah, look, I'm not surprised by that. I think that, uh, you know, obviously you get your your first dose and then your booster dose. And the things that I've been hearing is that it might be something. And, you know, it's kind of like the flu shot that people get every year anyway. You know, that when when a influenza strain changes, they need to give you a new flu shot every 12 months for it as yeah. it's changing. So I'm not too surprised by that, but I would guess that it will get to a certain point where COVID, fingers crossed and touch wood, COVID isn't as um, deadly as this current strain is that we're dealing with and and maybe then people can slow down with getting shots in the future. So, you know, getting five and six shots, you know, five and six years from now. But then again, I'm not a doctor. So don't don't take my advice. Do what your doctor tells you to do. Yeah. Or break the nester. Yeah. Either um, one. Either yeah. one. You pick. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think it would be bad, very bad, if the NRL tore up contracts or sacked players because they wouldn't get vaccinated. Yeah, I think that's very much the wrong thing to do. Um, I suppose I could probably stomach them, just you know, well, not suspending, but preventing players from playing or being in the bubble. I guess if that's still around, if they're unvaccinated, mm-hmm. as that'd be about as aggressive as I get on the matter. I don't think you should be allowed to force people to to get vaccinated if they don't want to. Um, especially when it's a vaccine that doesn't exactly eliminate the chances of you getting COVID. Yeah. It's just a, it just lessens the impact of it. So it's not going to stop you from getting the virus. I think if it was something that was actually either a cure or an immunization against it, that's a different conversation, but this isn't. Yeah. And so I think that changes the rules a little bit on it all. That's just me. Um, I also think that when you look at the demographic of players and you look at the demographic of people that get very sick from COVID, um, that has to be taken into account. But then you've got to also look at the people that work alongside the players that aren't necessarily players, the coaching staff and trainers and and just general people around the club you got to look after those people as well but i'd agree with you i think that i wouldn't like to see players banned i think that the players would be pretty militant about it as well and that's totally fine that's their health that's on the line with all of this stuff 
and their personal choices. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation that hopefully the NRL doesn't have to deal with. But I, when I saw the NBL starting to deal with it, it just brought up a few questions for me. And um, I tend to think that the NRL will have some sort of bubble system in place next year. I don't think it will be anything like we've seen this year. But I think that there'll be some restrictions that they put on players in terms of just going out and things like that. But I I don't think that they're going to mandate vaccines or anything like that. The only thing I could see happening is if players that aren't vaccinated aren't allowed to fly into Queensland or Victoria or somewhere like that. And if that's the case, we might see teams having to, you know, select their squads around that. Yeah, I've got a question for you. Yeah. A little bit tongue-in-cheek, I'll, I'll admit. Okay. Given that this is a, um injection yes. that is designed to boost your immune system against a virus, mm-hmm. does that not have the same um, effect? Well, not same. Similar effect is probably more the, the right term there. I say injecting peptides to speed up your recovery time from injuries. How is it that in eight years we've gone from banning people for having peptides to now just going, you know what, fuck it, let's just inject every player with this performance-enhancing thing? Because the peptides that were being used at the time weren't exactly about improving performance on the field like a steroid. So it was, it's a bit of a grey area. It's about increasing the heal time from injuries and the recovery time from injury, not even from injuries, but just, you know, after playing games, it was speeding up the recovery time so you could get back to fuller fitness and a lot of other players would do. Yeah, but that's, at its base level, that's the same thing that anabolic steroids do. They basically allow you to recover quicker and, but you know, that... Anabolic steroids, though, will actually add muscle mass as well. Yeah, true, but they do that. Part of the mechanism of doing that is to make you recover quicker so that you can train harder and longer. Yes. Um, I don't know, though, that the peptides would actually go that far. Yeah, see, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I know more about, and I've, I've never taken steroids or anything like that. But I, know take, more, I mean, you've taken peptides, so that's why you okay there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm injecting peptides right now. Um, <laughs> now, so I know I know more about more traditional uh, performance enhancing drugs just from reading up on it than I do about peptides. Uh, so I, I can't speak too much about what peptides exactly do to help you. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that they do help you in some way. But, you know, I, I just can't speak of the mechanisms that they use to get you there. Um, so I, I don't really know. All I know is that there were some players that, from the Cronulla Sharks, that had some pretty horrifying side effects that would have been very scary. And, um, yeah... I still can't believe that all happened, hey? Oh, it's crazy. Absolutely insane. The thing that that gets me about that is how at the same time there was talk of um, manly players were allegedly being injected with calves' blood. 
And that just, that, that whole chat just mm. disappeared very quickly. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> so shh, don't talk about Manly. Go away, it, go away. It didn't really, I guess it was like a mountain and a molehill too. Like the calf's oh, yeah. blood thing is just, like, I know that in the NFL they had an issue with, um, it was deer antler. Um, <laughs> starting to sound like that stuff that you find when you go to the um, the chemist. So, it, oh, look at all this stuff in here for helping people with sexual issues and whatnot. It's it was so long ago, and it's so it's hard to remember. But it was some sort of deer antler. Um, and I don't, I can't, I just can't remember what they used to do with it. I just can't. Ah, I wish I could, but they had a problem with that in the NFL. That started to come into play. Um, what other ones were there? there? There was another one that I believe started to come into the NFL, and it was based on yams. There was some sort of performance-enhancing uh, performance-enhancing substance that they got out of them. And then there was another one, because it used to be this idea that it, you had to inject steroids but in the early 2000s, they become very sophisticated. So you got to a point where you could have an ointment that you rubbed into your yeah. skin that yeah. gave you a steroid effect. Yeah, that, and, that, was, that stuff's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, because and a lot of the stuff that they started to use got out of your system very quickly as well. That's why when you see a player get suspended for using, say, anabolic steroids, it's like these these players are using stuff that's thirty years. That's thirty years in the past compared to what you can get now. Yeah. Now I don't think that players are all on steroids or uh, performance enhancing drugs at all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there was a massive leap in the two thousands on what you could use and and what they had available. Chemists went crazy with the stuff, and I think that you can see a lot of the effects of that when you look at um, Olympic records and you can see there are certain records that started getting obliterated and it's like, what's going on here? And yeah. you, you can account for one-off freak individuals here and there, but when it's a one-off freak individual and five of his training partners <laughs> then you've got to start saying something's going on here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. There's talk about yams and rhino horn sort of stuff that's, uh, and deer antler you know, that are being used now. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds like that the, uh, the the new chemist is Bear Grylls. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> sounds like, sounds like uh, a lot of Chinese uh, <laughs> mysticism and, and stuff like that. It's like you're going in... And they, you say, oh, look, I'm under the weather. And they say, oh, you know what you need? You need some ground up tiger penis. <laughs> it's like, no, man, I just got a head cold. Have you got something for that? And he's like, oh, ground up tiger penis. <laughs> like, I've got 16 kilos of the stuff. It's going cheap. Like, Listen, just give me some Vicks and seven or eight kilos of the tiger penis. <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, he's using it for tea. Well, that was the problem with um, rhino horn. That that's I think it was Japan where that become a problem 
and it, it become a bit of a status symbol that you would have rhino horn. Um, uh, like, and I get it. it. It's just different cultures and, you know, we're obviously used to the more chemical sort of stuff. We like to have things that have really long names we can't pronounce. Yeah. In other parts of the world, they like to say, hey, this was swinging between a tiger's legs about six months ago. Now I dried it out, ground it up, and made a fucking tea out of it. It's all yours. Yeah. Just have a sip. Yeah, sip away on that. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Um, I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, where did we get onto that from? Oh, yeah, he's getting vaccinated. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> we almost came full circle. What if ground-up tiger penis can actually prevent you from getting COVID? Imagine if it did. <laughs> Imagine if it ended up being something really weird, like uh, if um, if they said, if you ate 30 oysters in one hour, you can never get COVID. <laughs> Oh boy, that, that, that's a rough, that's a rough, um, that's a rough meal. That one. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Yeah, maybe if they said a kilo of Kit Kats, I could do that. <laughs> I can't. I I can at most I can eat a couple of oysters, and they've got to be cooked, you know. Um, I'm I'm not doing oysters. Yeah, they're they're overrated. They're hard work. There's something about the first person that cracked one of those suckers open and said, yeah, I'll suck that back. <laughs> they must have been so hungry. It must have been the same person that, that saw a chicken lay an egg and went, hey, I might eat that. Yeah, it's just come out of that animal's ass. What do you need it for? <laughs> nah, nah. Cook it up. I'm gonna what, about, it. what about the first person they told and they said, listen, listen <laughs> <Andrew>. <laughs> this can sound weird, but hear me out. So I was watching my chicken the other day and an egg fell out of its ass. (laughs) And I looked at it and I was like, I wonder what that would taste like. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, hear me out, right? You didn't didn't eat it, did you? Tell me you didn't eat it. I dipped bread into it. (laughs) Fucking hell. I dipped bread into it. Little fingers of bread. It was really good. You should try it. Did you cook it? A little bit, yeah. I cooked it just a little bit. I tried it first without cooking it. Uh, didn't taste great. And then what? I cook, cooked it a little bit. It tasted a lot better. Oh, man. That's the thing. you got to trust me on this one. Hey, there's <laughs> another thing, too. The spiel had to be good because the next guy went, you know what? I'll give it a go. And he went... Yeah. yeah, yeah. This might catch on. Let's tell everyone else to eat poo from chooks. It's good. It's fine. Listen, Andrew. While we're talking about this new thing, I called it an egg. By the way, an egg. You know that uh, thing I keep in the backyard with the horns at moos. Yeah, yeah. Turns out it's got a real special juice. No. I'm telling you, I looked no, at the no, baby no, no. cows and I was like, they seem to enjoy it. I wonder what <laughs> that's like. Oh, you, you mean you mean from the from the girl cows? <laughs> no, no, you can do the boy cows too. It tastes <laughs> a bit different, but they don't mind it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had these conversations once upon a time. Oh, I'm sure someone has. 
Oh dear. What do you reckon? Uh, the weirdest thing you could eat, though. The weirdest thing. Like what? We now eat, you know, food out of animals' bottoms. Yeah. Takes a fair bit to outweird that now when you think about it. Well, t- technically, it's a cloaca. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know the technical term for it. Don't ask me how. Bottom sounds less mature. It does. Yeah. It come out of its bum. There we go. Um, now, the uh, Fox people at Fox Sports, the brilliant minds there, mm-hmm. they thought the Dallium Awards, they rate reasonably well. Let's have two of them. Nice. That's their mindset. Let's just have two of those award nights. On back-to-back so, nights? I can't remember. They split them up. Yeah, they split them up by about a week, eh? Yeah, and uh, the the first week, um, ratings fucking nosedived. Shock horror. Yeah. I think I think the Golden Girls outrated it, and it wasn't even on. Yeah, but to be fair, that was the... Uh... The episode where Blanche did shitloads of blow and had a threesome in Florida. That's a good episode. <laughs> um, I, you know what? You and me are just all over rugby league. And I don't think either of us knew that the Dallyams were on. No, no, no. I'd, I'd heard about this um, splitting them up thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like, you know, one, one would be on Tuesday night and next would be the night after on Wednesday night or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I didn't realise they were a week apart. I thought, that's kind of stupid. Yes. Um, now, now that we're talking about the awards, though, I saw a conversation today on Twitter which I think deserves a bit of a chat. Because mm-hmm. people sit on there, the problem with the, the Dally M Awards is it's just, it's just rating people based on, you know, who is the best on field in a, in a specific game. Yeah. But surely some players deserve more points than others. So, for example, Cameron Munster, it's going to be easy for him to, to have a good game when he's got a team full of superstars all around him. Yeah. But it's going to be a lot harder for someone like, um, uh, let's say, Nick Kotrick to get three points because he's in a team that's always going to lose. Mm-hmm. But surely, if if he puts in a great performance that helps his team win, the three points he gets are much more valuable than the three points that Cameron Munster gets because of how much harder it is to get his team to win. See what I mean? I do, yeah. But, I, like, I've got no problems with the 3-2-1 concept for players. Oh, I no, think that... I've got no issue with that either. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, is there a way, though, that you can give... Bonus points, perhaps, to certain players like Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Yeah, you know he's clearly one of the best. Well, you know, was now that he's left, was one of the the top three fullbacks in the game. Easy, mm-hmm. but because he's in a team that lost more games than it won, it made it harder for him to score points, even though he was probably playing better football than thirteen other fullbacks that week. I guess that comes back to like who what are some of the best performances over the course of a season by a player who was in a really bad team like and and I'm not talking it was a bad team that made the finals even like just a flat out bad team yeah uh, 
I think there's there's been a few this year where um, yeah, you had a few a few halves were mm-hmm. playing really good football despite being in a, a team that wasn't performing too well. Um, Adam Dewey had a pretty good season. Dane Laurie as well for the Tigers, but they lost a lot more games than they won. Um, oh, there was someone else I was, I was thinking of too. I can't remember their name now. Yeah. Like Ben Hunt always plays pretty well for the for the Dragons. Yeah, that's a good one. Too many bad games. But the thing about season awards is that they tend to go to players that are performing well in teams that are performing well. And I don't tend to have too many problems with that. Unless you've got somebody in a in a team that isn't great who is just absolutely killing it. And I think if that's the case, you're still going to see that player earn them points. To an extent, I think it's easier to earn points when your team wins, even if you're, you know, you might get one point because you're in the winning team, but may not have played better than the best team in the opposition, but because they lost the game, they don't get any points. I think a yeah. lot of it seems to get hinged on who wins the game more than who's the best on the field. 100%, because people <laughs> will say, uh, and, and we'll go back a little bit, for instance, Andrew Johns might have been the best player on the field. But if his team lost, they would say, well, we can't really give him three points, even though he dominated everything and they were just beaten. Um, we can't give him the three points. We have to kind of give it to somebody else. I guess it's a little bit like the Clive Churchill medal. They very rarely like to give it to a player in the losing team. Yeah, and when they do, they often get it wrong. Um... <laughs> they do, yeah. You're right. 1991. 91. Um, but Brad Clyde played a good game, but come on, Royce. Yeah, yeah, it had to be Royce. It had just to had Royce. to be. Um, how about this for an idea? And I know this might might seem a bit weird, but you do a three-two-one for every team every week. Mm-hmm. That way, you're covering the best three players from both sides every week. So the result is null and void. Yeah, but it's, okay. Say you look at the Bulldogs. Who in that? who in that team deserved to get three points every single week? Like, whoever that's a best, problem, I think. Whoever their best player was. I, How, I just think it would it would mix it up a little bit because all of a sudden you're going to get the best performers for each club as well as over the entire season. Yeah. Maybe I just think the biggest problem with – the biggest problem is who, who doles out the points. That's the yeah, big problem. That's always the problem. And I've never seen a system where somebody's come up with it that has said, oh, we're going to use these people or that, you know, we're going to do this, this, this. And then you look at who those people choose and you're like, what game were they watching, you know? Well, I was part of a um, an attempt to try and find a better system today with, oh, sorry, this year with the stats man from Fox Sports. Okay. Uh, he's on Twitter, uh, Aaron Wallace. Mm-hmm. And he had a system whereby he had three judges for every game. Mm-hmm. And all three of us would give our three, two, and one for the game. We, yeah. We didn't talk to one another. It was just our own thoughts. That's it. And those those three, two, ones were all combined. So, you know, a player, the maximum points a player could get every week was nine. Okay. And you, you did, we did it that way. And we're going to be getting the results of those um, when the Dalliums are being announced. So he's going to do the whole thing then. It'll be the, 
He's called it the Twitter Dallium Player of the Year Awards. Okay. And it'll be interesting to see how that comes out because you'll also be able to find, um, you know, which I suppose which voters voted for which players most often, which is not going to be indicative of anything because we all voted on different games and, you know, all over the place. So it's not like we're all doing the same team all the time. Yeah. But also, you know, maybe there was set positions that they, they did it on. Um, I know that whenever I had the the voting task, I found it easier if I turned the volume off on the game. Oh, really? Yeah, because you would often hear commentators say, oh, he's had a great game, this fella, and they do that for like half the people on the field. Mm-hmm. And I've got in my mind, I've gone, right, these three blokes have been the, the best on the field for me. That's it. No one else. And they'll say, Oh, this bloke's had a great game. I'm going, why am I? I've not got him on my list. Mm-hmm. And then I go check his stats and I'm going, eh, why is he had a great game? <laughs> I start getting confused by it. I'm going, no, 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 just turn it off. Stick with my hunch. Stick with what I initially wanted to do. So, And I've done that all year. I've not listened to any commentators or any of their bullshit opinions. I just stick with what I think, what I see. And more often than not, I found that there was quite a lot of games where I would have um, not all three votes, votes or all three players came from the same team. It's interesting. I like. I mean, sometimes I know when you watch Knights games, like the ball just has to go within thirty meters of Mitchell Pearce, and they're like, "Oh, Mitchell Pearce!" That's Did exactly. Did you see the way he watched that guy run past him so the guy next to him could tackle? That was brilliant. Yeah. They um, do the same about Moses. Oh yeah, they do a little bit. Um, who are the, what other players are like that in the NRL? Ponga really gets, a, it, Ponga it, gets a lot of praise for every little thing he does, even though some of it is not intentionally meant to be brilliant. <laughs> you know, once I saw him get a quick catch and pass, where the wing was just outside him, mm-hmm. and it was clear he was going to have to pass it because the defender's on top of him, and so he just caught the ball and passed to the winger. He didn't move his feet. He didn't draw anyone. It's just a quick catch pass. Everyone knew that was really going to happen. Like, oh, what a great try assist from Pongo. Every player, you could put a prop there. He would have done the same thing and it would have been the same result. I get the feeling you're not a big fan of Ponga. I don't mind Ponga. I just think the, the media pull his dick far too much. I, say, I, I think he's a really good player. He is a really good player. But at the same time, he's also um, someone who can get a little bit predictable when his team's not winning. That's true. That's run true. left, run left towards the winger. If a gap doesn't open up, then pass it to someone and hope they score. You know, I think the problem he's had is that, and and look, I think that he could be a superstar in the game, but I think the problem he's had is that he went to a terrible night side, and it's hampered his ability to to develop as a player a little bit because he's just trying to do his best surrounded by a lot of pretty average players. Yes, Um, especially in a team that's struggling in attack as much as they are. Their attack is atrocious to watch. Yeah, like if if you're Ponga and you look at their attack and you're more comfortable going left, and maybe he goes left that often because he feels like that's the only good side of the field. 
Like I, I feel as though if he was at a, a better team, you would see him pop up around the park, trying a few different things. Maybe he's just, I, I don't know. I, I just feel as though he's doing his best in a really bad team. Um, and hopefully that turns around for him. Cause I, I love seeing him when he's at his best. Oh, likewise. Likewise. No, you hate his guts, man. <laughs> um, so, okay, so the Dalliums. Yeah, look, I think it just comes down to who's voting on it. That's important. And I just, I know I've said it a million times on the podcast, when it's the most consistently best player and Darren Lockyer never won at once, I'm just, I, I, I find it irredeemable at this point. Yeah, that's always a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. I think that... Um, did Benji Marshall get it one year? I don't think he did. Um, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so. he did. So it's funny because when I think of the best players, I think of my King of Rugby League awards. And well, you know, that is, and this is not sarcasm. That is the best awards out there. I think so too. Like I think you can look at that and say these are the players that dominated those seasons. Um, and, Am I right in saying that it's also the only um, regular award system that actually awarded a best um, international player award last year? 100%. There was no reason not to. Exactly. International Rugby League wouldn't do it. International Rugby League was played, it was won, and a player won that award because they deserved it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fully agree. It's interesting. After the podcast, you and me should have a little bit of a talk about who we like. I reckon we would have. I reckon you and me would narrow it down pretty quickly to who we think it will be. Um, but of course, the, the awards don't get announced until all rugby league is finished for the rugby league season and the year, not just the NRL. It's a worldwide award. Oh yes, we've got to wait for the, the English competitions to end. Yeah. So it might be someone from England. Doubt it. It, it could be. Not. <laughs> There's every chance not that it uh, might not be. At this stage, there could be an Englishman who gets the international award. It could be. Listen, if there's an Englishman that goes out and kills it in the International Rugby League this year, they win the award. That's the whole point of the awards that were put together. It's like there's no bias... There's no bullshit. It just is what it is. Absolutely. I love it. Um, the, best thing, the best thing is now when there's criticism about it, I'm just going to palm it all off onto you. So it's yeah, your fault. That's, that's fair enough. I'll, I'll find someone else to blame. <laughs> um, have we had any emails? We haven't, but there is a little bit of news about the NRL's uh, broadcasting rights. Oh, really? Yes. So, I was sent this by Sam during the week. I had I didn't know about this, but he sent me an email, uh, a direct message sorry, on Twitter. It's from channelnews.com.au. I don't know who owns that site, but it, it's a legitimate site. you just got to go and check it out. Um, and it says, Network 10 owners CBS Viacom 
has deep pockets, and despite poor ratings in the past, the US-based owned network is currently working on making a major pitch for the rights to the NRL, according to sources. The move is seen internally as a way for the network to bolster their fortunes and be seen as a major free-to-air TV network. Some insiders have said the NRL is backing the move as a way to put pressure on the current holders of the free-to-air TV rights, Nine, Internet, uh, Nine Entertainment. One stumbling block is believed to be Foxtel, as CBS Viacom also owns the recently launched Paramount Plus and want to stream more sport on their own streaming network. This could lead to them making a pitch for the rights to State of Origin, which we understand the seven networks is also going to make a bid for. Um, currently, Nine Entertainment are being pushed to pay more for the NRL rights going forward, as well as sign up for a five-year deal similar, similar to what Foxtel have in place with the NRL. Channel News has been told the rights could go for $100 million, up from $85 million a season that Nine are currently playing, paying. Currently, the NRL receives two-thirds of its total broadcast revenue from Foxtel, which last year extended its pay TV deal until 2027. Um, so, and I won't read the rest of that out because that would be unfair, but you get the general idea of it. Um, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? It would be. And I actually, I just found another article which, um, supports that one there. And it's about the, um, dramas that the Channel 9 are having. Mm-hmm. Um, so see, 9 Entertainment facing rights problems on two fronts, NRL and Stan. Um, Nine Entertainment is facing problems on several fronts. Um, to cut the amount of money he pays the NRL, despite several competition uh, competitors circling that wants the rights, and he is set to lose several key shows on Stan Streaming Network. After pitching a deal to the NRL early this month, Nine CEO, uh, Nine Entertainment boss Mike Sneesby, is now using. It's now using the nine media to spin a yarn that the NRL isn't solely focused on large amounts of money from a future broadcast partner. According to insiders, the NRL is expecting a minimum of $115 million annually for a five-year rights deal. Nine don't want to pay this amount and is trying to cut a cheaper deal. Hmm. See, this is the problem that we have in Australia at the moment is that our, our news sources, there's about three of them when you look into it. Um. You know, Channel 9 owns not only Nine, but they own Fairfax Media, so the Sydney Morning Herald, and then they also own 2GB and Macquarie Radio. So they're able to put out a lot of information that suggests that the NRL isn't interested in money. They want other things apart from money. You know, like, I don't know, puppy dogs? Uh, That's probably just it. Puppy yeah, dogs. just just puppy dogs. Puppy dogs. Stuff. More Carl Stefanovics. Yeah, yeah, Carl Stefanovics. Um, maybe a whole bag of those McDonald's Monopoly things that you, you know, because you could get a car out of that. You know, that might be worth more than the extra thirty-five million dollars that they're after. Could be, yeah. Imagine maybe they're sitting there thinking if we can save more money, we might be able to buy Rugby Union. <laughs> it's it's a strange one. I think that um, Foxtel was smart 
in getting the streaming rights for five years because they really, in terms of the NRL, they put the brakes on a lot of streaming services that really could have maybe not got the NRL in the near future, but maybe looking for the next two or three years, they would have liked to have said, hey, come and get the NRL on whatever it be, you know, Amazon Prime or Apple Plus or, you know, there's a whole lot of streaming services out there now. Um, it, but And that leaves Channel 9 in a, a rough place, obviously. But I tell you what, Channel 10 needs something because, like, they've got nothing on. No, that's right. They've, and it's getting worse for them too. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, that's an interesting one. Um, you know, it's a big turnaround from, as you say, it, like a lot of the Channel 9 media outlets are saying, oh, the NRL can expect less. And when all the other ones are saying, well, the NRL is looking for more money, that's normally going to be a bad sign for Channel 9. That's right, yes. Now, another story, <laughs> which we alluded to in the very introduction here, mm-hmm. Paul Kent's comments about Penrith. Yes. He said, um, in talking about the, the fine that they got for the, the trainer holding up play, he says, $25,000 for Penrith. They'll get uh, that out of the Queen of the Nile on welfare afternoon. It'll come straight out of the poker machines. Yeah, he pissed some people off saying that, didn't he? Yeah, and I think oh, we joke about the Queen of the Nile thing. Yeah, that's, that's a fair call. I think um, I think people are most upset about the fact that he mentioned that it was, you know, welfare afternoon. Yeah. The people of Penrith are irresponsible with their welfare money. Yeah. And... Uh, there's a bit of a, I'll, I'll say it's a bit of a low blow from Paul Kent. Like, there's a lot of, a lot of nasty things you can say about any area, but I think that's that's a bit of, that's a bit below the belt, isn't it? Yeah, I, like I didn't really care. It's only Paul Kent. Like, well, I, no, I know it's only Paul Kent, but I mean he's on, he's on Fox Sports. I mean, you didn't, you don't need to think that low, mate. I don't know. See, and then I think it's only Fox Sports. (laughs) I don't think much of any of these people. And as we've said on this podcast all the time, why is it that you watch the football and they turn a bad pass into horse racing terms or gambling terms? It's because they're all compulsive gamblers. That's right. That's all they know. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's, it's... I think all all I want to see is that they just try and be, you know, making an effort to get better, and they're not. Yeah, I don't know. I, I been, just... The rules have made it hard to watch the game as it is this year, mm-hmm. but they keep changing up NRL 360 so that they've got more of these old blokes from... Sydney Morning Herald or the Daily Telegraph on there, mm-hmm. banging their bullshit fucking bucket full of shit. And it's just yelling at one another about who cares. I know that I saw, because I don't watch it. I, I was like you. I had to stop watching it like last year, early last year. And uh, 
But I saw the clips. There was a couple of clips I saw this week from it online. People have posted them on Twitter. And <laughs> I noticed that Yvonne Sampson was on there. And I remember people thinking that she'd fix the show up a bit. And they just yell at her. They just yell over the top of her. Like, you could just see she must hate being on that show. Oh, yeah. and they had Lara Pitt hosting it for a brief while there, I think, yeah. while um, Ben Eichen was away. Yeah. And same thing. These are just these are just loudmouth blokes who just yell over the top of women because they've got louder voices. Yeah. I only like to yell over the top of women because I'm right and they're wrong. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. I, th- I thought I'd let a bit of uneasy air silence <laughs> just fill the air a little bit there. Um, That's how what... regularly do you think you mm. have proven a woman to be wrong? Oh, you never can. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to arguing, women beat you with card- cardio. <laughs> uh, I, I feel for both our our own welfares. Yes. Um, we should move on from that topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, only married person here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Oh, what else was there? There was something else I had to think. I thought of that we need to raise. I can't remember what it was now. Uh yeah. I feel like there was one other thing we were going to talk about. Oh, um, the assault. Oh, this thought, yeah. Yeah, I don't... We, I, I, we won't go into names, but apparently a um, one of the Broncos players has been allegedly charged with assault. Um, yeah, Broncos are a bit of a shit show at the moment. Mm. Just when you think they're starting to move forward, some dumb shit like this happens and they just start drifting back a bit further and you're like, eh, you're going to start the next season on the back foot again. Um. So I guess we'll have to we'll have that hanging around the off season as well. Media yeah. media will be happy about that. You know, I was thinking about the Broncos today, and and one of the things I was thinking about how was how Ben Iken moved into a management role at that club, and you haven't heard a peep out of him, and that's a good thing. And I'm, yeah. I don't mean that derogatory. I, I mean that obviously he's gone in and he's he's gone with the thought of. It's not about him. It's not about him going out in the media and everything. It's just about him working with the at the club, you know. And, and I think that that's a good thing that he's kind of because they've had people that have ran the Broncos before who have always loved to be out in front of the media saying basically I run the Broncos and this is what we're doing. And they needed somebody that wasn't interested in that that just wanted to get things back on track. So, and who thought they would have got it from a bloke who hosted a panel show on Fox Sports? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Surprising. And the thing is, too, you haven't got a single leak to the media from that club. No, and they they've got the avenue to do that to leak. Yeah, he can just talk to Kenty anytime he wants. Apparently, they're good mates. Mm-hmm. Hasn't told him boo. <laughs> and the other thing is they, you know, there's a lot to be said about a club that brings in stability in the way that it projects itself. And it's a big lesson when you look at the the way that things changed at the Broncos compared to what we're seeing at the West Tigers, it's chalk and cheese. And it's not even like their results are that much different from one another. 
Um, and, and it's a real lesson about what it means to be a real leader at a club and real management at a club. No, I fully agree with that. Um, I, I wish he had to come to the West Tigers. Yeah, in hindsight, look, I, I, and and he's still, you know, you can't say he's done the greatest job ever because it's something that's ongoing. You know, if they don't improve, it it doesn't matter. But I think that it's a good start that he's just gone there and he's been quiet and he's just done the job. And you know, the West Tigers could use a barrel load of that right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now there has been a few. Um, a few bits of player movement going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake Ferguson is among four players leaving Parramatta at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, which Lussick is that? Joey Lussick has been picked up by St Helens. Yep. Uh, Leotas extended his contract at Penrith till 2024. John Asiata has left the Broncos. He's been joining the Bulldogs. Not a bad signing. Yeah. Um, the Dragons have got 10 players leaving. They needed to. They needed to. Bit of a clean. So Matt Dufty is off. He's gone to the Bulldogs. Corey Norman is leaving. I don't think he's got a place to go to yet. Mm-hmm. Adam Clune is off to the Knights. Don't know why. Um, Jordan Pereira is off to the Broncos. Cade Ellis is going to Wigan. Gerard Beale, I assume, is going to retire again. Again, yeah. <laughs> Braden Williami is off to Rugby Union, I think. Yeah, to play with Perpignan. Billy Britton is unsigned for next year. Hayden Lomax, uh, again, unsigned. So that's their, uh, that's their Tangon. And obviously they got rid of Paul Vaughan earlier. Um, they got rid of Sims as well. He's another one. Where has Sims gone? Don't know yet? I, yeah, I don't know yet. Oh, so he's linked to the Tigers, but that won't happen. That won't happen. No, he's too good for that. Um, man, I t- I, he would be great at the Panthers. Jeez. There's a lot of talk that Kikau is possibly going to re-sign for the Panthers. I don't know. I, I think that... I think it's time to move on. Yeah, I think they... It's one of those weird places where you know that if he was... If he was just a little bit better, either trained better or coached better, just something, just, you know, 5% better, he would be the attacking X factor on that edge out there. Mm -hmm. For some reason, he's just... Not quite hitting that mark. He's he's so close, but not quite getting it. Um, yeah, and there's an inconsistency that really the Panthers can do without. And I just think, say, you swapped him straight, swap for Sims. And look, Sims can be inconsistent himself, but I think that Sims would give you more over the course of a whole season. You know, he's not going to give you those stampeding tries but the defense is is going to be a little bit better. The you know the consistency week in week out is going to be a little bit better, and it's a it's a tough one because you look at as you say you look at Kickout and it's like he's got everything you need, and it's but it's not working. No, it's not, it's not quite right. 
There's something something bad going on there. It's just irritating. Yeah. Uh, something else is going to raise quickly with you that I just thought of. Mm-hmm. Do you think Kirk Capewell has good hands? Well, I had a friend of mine, Reagan, talk about how he drops the ball a lot. Mm. And he's, he's an interesting play because he's got a little bit of versatility and he's got he's got really good lateral movement for a forward. Oh, yeah. And he can do some things that, like, when he does something good, it's like, man, they're so lucky to have him. And I think he's a good buy for the Broncos next year. But every so often, his hands do let him down. Yeah. And it's disappointing when it happens. But then again, you look at last weekend, he scored the only try for the Panthers. He did. And he ran past a lot of players to get to that ball. I think the problem we get is it's when his hands go missing. Mm-hmm. It tends to be in those more clutch moments. Mm-hmm. And often when there's no one around. <laughs> yeah. I just watch him and go, oh, man. I, I just wish Capewell wasn't around when the – when they need to score points, because he just tends to get in the way and lose lose the ball. Oh, it's probably not a bad thing he's going either. Yeah, there's that's interesting. Penrith are lucky because they've got so much depth in the forwards, and so you know some of these players they've probably got nearly two forward packs worth of NRL talent, so they can let players go. Um, and that's really one of the reasons why you can say to a Capewell, look, good luck at the Broncos, because they've got so much talent there in the forwards. But it's an interesting one. As a Panthers fan, like, I've always had this thing of you can't keep them all. It's just impossible. And when it's somebody that's kind of been brought into the club, you don't have as much of an attachment as if they were a local junior that has come up through the ranks. But, you know, you just can't keep them all. It's impossible. Like, I saw a thing, I think it was maybe yesterday, Stephen Crichton turned 21. Like, yeah, he's crazy. 21. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. And already, I mean, he's already made a name for himself. Yeah, and like, is that, he, when you look at him as an athlete, he keeps getting better. Like, the last couple of times he's moved into fullback, There's been points where, like, if he stayed there, he might be a scary player to play against. Yeah. Um, But then again, you put him out in the centres and he's a scary player as well. And it's crazy to think he's only 21. Like, he could be there for another 10 years, you know, if everything goes the way, touch wood. Oh, yeah, he's so much potential in him too. Mm. Love the way he moves. Yeah, he's just... Even without the ball in hand, it just the way he moves, it just makes the right decision a lot of times. Yeah, and he's got like a like he's not he doesn't like he's obviously strong, but there's certain players with his build, and I think he's going to fill out a lot in the next couple of years. There's players with his build that when they run the ball, you can sort of see that power when they run. His running style is just so fluid. And it's just really interesting. He's just such a good athlete. And, yeah, when I saw the other day that the Panthers were celebrating his 21st birthday, it's it's like, wow, that's 
insane. Yeah, it really is. Um, do you reckon that wraps up this one? Yeah, I reckon we've done a good job here, Andrew. Yeah, we'll put a bow on this one and send it off. Yeah, hopefully everybody that's listening to this through their earpieces as they're sitting in front of a poker machine, putting their dull money through it. I hope you enjoyed the episode. <laughs> <laughs> they're my people. They're your people. Um, yes, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you get the feature. Yeah, get um, the... You got to get the three pyramids in a row. That's right. No spaces. You got to get the more chilies. Uh, you got to get the sun, the dream catches. I like playing the Indian machine. Hey, I like the sun, the dream catches. I, I've won a lot of money on on Indian dreaming. I think it's called. Right. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. That, that's very good. Oh, <laughs> did did you hear? Because mm. I certainly didn't. There's an earthquake there around in Melbourne today. I, I did. Uh, did you feel it? Nope. Okay. I, I was working like a solid 13 k's away from the CBD where it happened. Oh, okay. Didn't feel shit. Okay. Um, like, I know you've been getting through a lot of steps recently because you've been walking through Melbourne with your high vis on. What's that been like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um... Yeah, there's there's footage of people going up to I think the CFMEU offices and smashing in the windows. Yeah, yeah, I decided to do that at the local news agent because I didn't win the lotto. Ah, that's fair enough. Same thing, anti-vax a lotto. I didn't get what I wanted, you know. And then uh, where I sort of go after that uh, daycare place because the fees are just too high. Yep, yep. There was no kids in there, so it's not like I was being reckless or anything. No, like. You've got morals. Yeah, I'm very considered in what I'm doing. Yeah. I um, went to Windscreens O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Just broke all their windows. Nice. Just a real... I figured, you know what? If we're going to do this properly, and we want the message to be heard, we don't want the windows to be repaired. So why not go to the the root of the solution? Yeah, go to the source. Yeah. Stop, and... stop windows, which are a natural enemy, obviously, before exactly. they get to the window seal. Yeah, because all they're going to do is come back and replace the window. And then, I mean, what was all the writing for? It's all yeah. it's all been fixed. So I'm helping with the message. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So um, is that uh, went to Bunnings? Mm-hmm. I didn't do any damage there. I mean, who who would do any damage at Bunnings? It's a fucking great place. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, went to Bunnings and just started bitching about constitutional rights or some bullshit. I can't remember what it was, but, you know, yeah. the staff there were lovely. Yeah. Um, can't remember what else we did. Oh, we went on the bridge. Yeah, what's that bridge? It's a, I know it's a down there. They say it's an, a named bridge like it's, it's not just a fucking highway. Yeah, I think it's the Balti Bridge. Okay. Um, it's just a bridge with, like, four large pillars on it. They, they made the bridge and thought, let's make an eye, um, like, some sort of eye-catching lovely thing, and then they put the four pillars up and went, no, nope, we fucked it up. Oh, well, just leave it as it is. <laughs> let's go out the road a bit further and just put some street art around it. So they've got these weird circular beams that go over the top of it. And just, uh, you know when you're driving through shadows? There's, like, lots of shadows, and the sun sort of flickers on and off the whole way through as you're going through the shadows? Yeah. It does that to you. It's very nauseating. Oh, really? It's horrible. You know, the best place for, um, well, look, it might be Melbourne, but I was going to say the best place for those art installations that I've ever been is Canberra. Uh, Melbourne's got them trumped. 
Okay, I thought it might, but there's there's places in Canberra you'll drive past and you'll you'll be thinking to yourself, what the fuck is that? There's actually in Canberra there's a famous one. It's supposed to be an owl, but it looks a lot like a dick. But you know what? At least that's something. Yeah. On the same bit of highway down here. Yeah. They've got this yellow pole, and it just goes out on. Mm, I'll say 45-degree angle above the highway. Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. They call it the breadstick or cheese stick or something like that. Oh, and really? What's the point of that? It's nothing. It's just this long rectangular bar that just goes, it's yellow, and it just hangs over the highway. The That's fuck weird... is that? Yeah. And then you've got the weird bloody nauseating shadows thing after it. Which is it's like a tunnel, but not a tunnel because you know the sun comes through. You know that stupid. You know that place in the centre of Melbourne. They built some fancy looking building, and it just looks like uh, a whole load of shit fell onto a building, you know, thing, and they didn't clear it off. The Federation Square. That's the one. I yeah. saw somebody post a picture of it and say, oh, my God, look what they've done to this Federation Square. And it was just a picture of that building. I thought it was great. <laughs> so if someone damaged that place, they would have done a whole lot of improvements to it. <laughs> I just oh, love man. the way that anybody that, like, does any sort of anything at the moment, the first thing they call them is an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. It's it's just everyone's an anti-vaxxer if they don't like her. It's kind of strange. That's right. They're taking on the police. Anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Didn't pay their train ticket. Anti-vaxxer. Yep. Yeah. They're everywhere, these anti-vaxxers. They really are. Yeah, they're a problem. I wonder if these anti-vaxxers are on the pokies at Penrith. Probably. Putting their, putting their money in instead, instead of getting vaccinated. Well, you know. If you had to choose between getting vaccinated or an extra 50 bucks on Queen of the Nile, come on. Well, listen, as soon as they come up with any sort of vaccination that will give you 15 free spins. (laughs) They're over that shit straight away. 100% coverage in Penrith. Ping, done. (laughs) It'll It'll be over the space of an hour. Yeah. It's like, and we've just got word coming in. COVID has been solved in Penrith. Yes. <laughs> News is 103% of the population have had both shots. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, it would happen. It would happen. Oh, well. That's a, uh, that's a good episode wrapped up right there. It is. You know, I've, I do have a question for you before we go. Yep. Um, if somebody wanted to contribute to the digitization of rugby league history, what would be the best way to do that? Well, they could go to patreon.com slash RL project and they can make a donation there from as little as a dollar a month. Yeah, that sounds really like a cool idea. Yeah. It sounds like something that I know of. Um, this, this guy, League Freak, you might know of him. He does a similar thing. Over on, on Patreon there. Have you heard about that one? I, I have. I, I think if you go to patreon.com forward slash league freak with no space between league and freak, it's a similar sort of setup where you can donate from as little as $1 a month towards basically 
uh, rugby league content creation on many different levels that that, that covers that leaguefreak.com website, rugby league podcasting network.com, nrlbreakingnews.com, all sorts of websites. It sounds like a pretty cool idea for people to do that as well. How many websites do you reckon he has? Way too many. <laughs> do you reckon you'll buy more before the end of the year? Most likely. <laughs> That's good I, I, I heard I, I heard a dirty rumour that he got a a one month warning that he was going to get charged for SalfordRedDevils.co.uk next month too. Oh, so shit, that's, that's not good. It all goes towards that. Oh, we need to uh, get Salford Red Devils on the line and see how much they're willing to pay for that one. Yeah, I know, right? I don't know why they haven't messaged me or well, League Freak already. <laughs> that's right. Sorry, I forgot I was going into the third person there for a minute. <laughs> that's the best place to be. Um. All right, well, uh, make sure, people, too, that you check us out on our socials at uh, Instagram and Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, you know, the drill. Uh, check them all out. Like, subscribe, you know, retweet everything we do, share everything we do. That would be fantastic. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yes, yes, thank you, everyone, for listening. Hi. Yeah, and how'd you go with the feature? I got... I got the free spins, but I only won $2.50, and I gave it all back. So, yeah. Better luck next time. Yeah. Look, two weeks from now, I get more money, free money, and I'll be back at it again. That's the ticket. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, Good luck, everyone, on the Queen of the Nile. Catch you all next time.